All right, as Clayton said, we are now, after talking about joy, we are going to take an abrupt right turn. So we are going to be talking about Psalm 55 and betrayal and enemies this morning. But before we get started, I want to take us back. I want to take us back to 1989, right? For those of you that were around in 1989, right? Big hair bands were moving to boy bands. I was moving to be into high school. So I was going to be a freshman in high school in 1989. And my school, which was LDF at the time, LeGrand Dunbar Ferguson, was joining with our rival school for 50 years, Semco, Southeast Marshall County, right? I became eventually my senior year, the first class of what is now East Marshall. So as you can imagine, there's not enough drama, right? Or social dynamics going in from junior high to high school. Why don't we throw in joining your rival school into the mix? So those first few weeks of school, I saw two of my best friends since first grade all of a sudden no longer have time for me as social dynamics changed. They were not long, no longer my friends the way I knew them. Fast forward three years to 1992, I was just going to be uh, start as a senior, and I'd come back from my family vacation that summer, and I did what I thought most guys in high school who had a girlfriend would do coming home from a family vacation. You'd go see your girlfriend. To which I went to the door, and the first question was, what would you think if I was seeing someone else? Two decades later, I'm going to take us fast forward. I'm at work, and my, my manager at the time, we are working together, and, and a new assignment was going to be given to me. So they outlined it. I was working with HR on the org chart, and it was a pretty meaty role. And uh, who was going to be on that team? And as most teams do, we, we had a retreat, a planning session coming up. So we went, and we'd all taken this assessment uh, to go through. And it was about feedback, right? Giving each other feedback, because all feedback is good feedback, right? So as we were at that retreat, the feedback was shared, and I had given my manager some feedback of the way I thought they could do better, how they could be a better leader. Needless to say, within the next month, I was no longer getting that position. Someone else took it. So today, we are going to talk about enemies, but more specifically, as Psalm 55 is, about betrayal. That's where we're going this morning. And unfortunately, I'm guessing most of us here have all had some level of betrayal in our lives. Especially as I look back in the last uh, few years and look at social media posts, I think all of us have probably been betrayed by someone close to us, at least in words. But maybe this morning it's something much bigger than those examples I gave. Maybe it's something with a spouse, a child, maybe a parent. Maybe some of you have an experience. You're saying, no, I don't think I've been betrayed. And I'd push into you a little bit and say, well, maybe you're not living very close to people the way God intended. Maybe, sure, living a quarantine life can keep us out of hurt, make us less vulnerable. But God has created us for community, to live close as we go through the roller coaster of life. We need others so we can't live in isolation. So how do we handle enemies and deal with betrayal? It's a big question, one I've been wrestling with. And if we live the life God wants us to in community, as broken people, secret, did you all know we're all broken people? Okay. So if we're broken people living with broken people, what's going to happen? We're going to have some betrayal along that journey. So it's hard. How should we handle betrayal and deal with our enemies? But it's one we're going to dive into this morning in Psalm 55. David gives us some examples as we explore that. 
this morning. And the great thing, if you read the entire Bible and then read it again, the entire Bible, maybe a different translations, I've read 12 or 13 translations, you will see it's not only God's word, but it gives us a guidebook, guardrails of how to go through life and how to deal with situations. And today it shows us how to work through betrayal. So my sermon in a slide, Preston, if I could have the first slide, is really this. We have to get real, let go, and let God. Sounds simple, but it's not. And we're going to build on a little bit of what Brian went through a couple weeks ago when he was talking on anger. So first of all, let's dive in. What is betrayal? So if I could have the next slide, Preston, that would be great. So betrayal, there on the left, it is the, it's the act of violation of a person's trust or confidence. It's to desert in a time of need, to reveal something, a violation of confidence, to reveal a secret, and in its worst forms, Treachery, disloyalty, deceitfulness, infidelity. As Martin Luther put on the, on the quote there on the side, and I love it, it's so simple, each betrayal begins with a trust. See, we have to be in community to have betrayal. We have to be close. We have to be in fellowship with someone, right? An enemy can attack you. The competition can deceive you. But betrayal comes from someone by your side. And as I've studied a lot over the years, one of the things I've studied is psychology, and psychologists say it is one of the worst kinds of emotional pain a human being can experience. And whether it's a secret shared with a mutual friend that you didn't want shared, or something much, much larger, it hurts. Now, before we read Psalm 55, I want to give a couple things. We're going to read all of Psalm 55, then we're going to come back and break it down a little bit, but... Before we read it the first time, I want to get you in the, give you a little context, right? So we don't know exactly who it's talking about in these verses. We think it's one of David's friends. But if you look at David's life, he was betrayed by his wife, his friends, his mentor Saul, and two of his sons who attempted coups and tried to kill him. So these are friends, family, people he's been in intimate relationships with. And now he's fleeing from them. The other thing I want you to invite you into, and I know this could be maybe hurtful, but I think we need to understand where he's coming from when he has this psalm is, can you take just a few seconds? Can you think about a time you were betrayed? Can you think about how that made you feel? Can you think about the person who betrayed you? So with that in mind, let's read Psalm 55. Potentially how David might have. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me. I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked. For they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter, far from the tempest and storm. 
Lord, confuse the wicked, confound their words, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they prowl down, prowl about on its walls. Malice and abuse are within it. Destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave its streets. If, it, if an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it's you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshipers. Let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the realm of the dead, for evil finds lodging among them. But as for me, I call to you, God, and the Lord saves me. Evening and morning and noon, I cry in distress, and he hears my voice. He rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me even though many oppose me. God, who is enthroned from old, who does not change, he will hear them, humble them, because they have no fear of God. My companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. His talk is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are soothing, more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. But you, God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of decay. The bloodthirsty and deceitful will not live out half their days. But as for me, I trust in you. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Wow, there is a lot there, right? There is a lot. But I don't want you to check out. A lot of times we read scriptures like that thinking, mm, this isn't for me. I'm not running for my life. No one's trying to kill me. But I don't, I don't want us to think that way. Instead, I would challenge us to think about it that if David can have close friends, relatives pursuing him, betraying him, trying to kill him, don't you think maybe we could deal with our enemies in a situation that's not quite as difficult? What do you think? Maybe you need coffee. Yes, yes, we can. That is the answer, right? <laughs> now, many of you know I'm a learner. I love to learn new things. That's one of my strengths. And, and I also love that over time, one of the things I've learned, science will always catch up to the Bible. Well, in my studies, and maybe some of you have been introduced and you may not know the name, but it's called the Kubler-Ross Grief Cycle. I'm guessing many of you have seen that. And if I could have slide number three, I believe, Preston. Yeah, there it is. So what this goes through, you may be familiar with it, as people go through grief, including things like betrayal. We go through times a cycle of denial where we avoid things, we're confused, we have fear. Then there's anger, frustration, anxiety, irritation, right? We're getting real with the situation. Then there can be some depression. We feel overwhelmed, helpless. We want to get away. And then we start bargaining, right, with others, with God, trying to let go of the situation, telling our side of the story that hopefully gets us to a place where we can let God have it and move on to the new plan he has for us. Sound a little bit like Psalm 55 that we just read? See, we have to get real, let go, and let God. Now, this can take many hours. It can take years, depending on the situation, depending on the betrayal. And I would guess most of us in this room are in different levels of that cycle in different situations here this morning. And the textbooks would say it's this nice path, right? 
Preston, if I could have the next slide. In Psalm 55 and in my own life, it looks a little bit more like that orange line, right? We get angry, we're frustrated, we go, we try and let go of it and give it to God. And then something triggers me, at least me anyway, and we go back and we're angry again going, God, why haven't you not dealt with this person, this situation? It's not as clean. It's hard. So let's dig into this a little bit more and unpack it. Verses one through three. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. Now, for those of us online or or here this morning that are followers of Christ, I think you know that God is omniscient. It's just a big word that means he knows everything. He knows what we did. He knows our thoughts. But sometimes I wonder if we think he knows our prayers. And right here, David's asking that. He's like, God, pay attention here. I've got, we got a problem. I'm angry, I'm frustrated, but I'm praying to you right now. I'm getting real with my problems, God, and laying them before you. You see, we need to get real with God, with what's going on. We need to bring him our problems in prayer. I think many of us think prayer is, now I lay me down to sleep, or Oh, God, be with Mary, be with Joe. No, I have lost my voice in prayer. Ask my kids. Two years ago, I've shared with this in the past sermons. Two years ago during COVID, I lost one of my good friends from college who led me back to Christ, and he committed suicide, right? I went downstairs for an hour and a half, turned the music louder than you should ever have it, and those words of those songs became my prayers. And I came up, and I did not have a voice, but doggone it, God knew how I felt about the situation. And it helped me. And that's okay. See, God, he knows our pain. Jesus was betrayed by his friends. God can handle our pain. He already did, folks, on the cross. My heart is in anguish within me. My terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. So now he talks about the real things he is responding. And, it, and, and maybe it's weird for me, but I get some comfort in someone like David, right? This mighty warrior, man after God's own heart, all of a sudden is acting like a child. We've all been there, haven't we? Times we feel scared and weak, we're terrified. We're not in control, we're anxious. Our hearts are in anguish, we're terrified, we're full of fear as David is here. And I don't know where everybody's coming in from this morning, but can I say this? It's okay if you feel that way. However, I must call attention to how we feel. He wants to hear it from you. We have to get real with God. And I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm. So what is your go-to when you're overwhelmed with a trial in your life, with a problem you don't know how to face? Fight or flight, right? We learned that at an early age, right? I'm an an Enneagram 8. I usually jump in the fight. (laughs) I'm the first one in it and going after it. Now, if it's a little more severe or depending on the situation, maybe I use my sarcasm, right? The little behind-the-scenes thing and get after people. But in situations like this, they're fleeing for their life, 
or you have something really, really deep, you want to get away. We want to get out of dangerous dodge, to flee the situation, to find refuge in a safe place, whatever that might be. To some, it may be drugs. To some, alcohol. To some, sex. Cutting. Maybe literally running away. And I want to say this gently this morning because I know some of you in the room, they're in your stories. But when you feel this way, there's nothing, nothing wrong with admitting that to God. Maybe you're not ready to talk to somebody else yet, but you need to get real with God about how you are feeling. Because if it builds up inside, it comes out to those closest to you. And I'm going to push here just a little bit. Not only do we need to lift it to God, but I would encourage you to also share it with a parent, a guardian, people here at church who want to pray for you, or counselors, whatever your situation may be. You need to have authentic community around you walking through the difficult times in life. And I've had to be honest with myself being an eight, being someone who likes to be in control. And I would hope many of you feel that same way too. If we're really honest with ourselves, we can't do it on our own. We need to be a part of community that digs deep and is with us in those times. David continues, Lord, confuse the wicked, confound their words, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they prowl about on the walls. Malice and abuse are within it. Destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave its streets. Now we see a little bit of shifting. He's trying to let go, still getting real. As we said, it's not a perfect journey. And ultimately, I think we all know that fleeing in whatever form it takes that we talked about earlier is not what we're supposed to do. But we see here, it's okay to say, to to ask God to frustrate their plans. I think that's brilliant, right? That's what we really want. Even though David wants to do certain things, he just wants to stop their plans from working. And when someone is against you, God says, it's okay to say, hey, stop those plans. I don't want this to happen. But we have to balance that, even though it's very hard by praying for them, like it says in Matthew 5, so that they may change and hopefully be saved. Now it shifts a little bit. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If it it were a foe rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet relationship, sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshipers. You see, we see now it's not this random person. It is someone close, someone he has worshiped God with. So he's confused. He can't believe it. He's been betrayed. I'm guessing many of us have felt that way or maybe feel that way this morning. When our enemies attack us, it's one thing, right? We're ready for it. Sometimes we're even expecting it. But when it's a friend, a close friend, a family member, it hurts. We aren't expecting it. Now David gets really real. (laughs) And if you want to read it in the message version, I can't even read that this morning because of the language. But it says, let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the realm of the dead, for evil finds lodging among them. This is about as real as it gets. He is basically saying, I want them to go alive to H-E double hockey sticks and feel the burn. That's what he's saying. 
But like one of the things that most frustrates me in conversations with folks is when you take one verse and use it out of context. So you have to use the things around it. So we have to quickly go to see, even though that's what he wants to happen, verses 16 and 17, as for me, I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. Let go like God. Yes, I want this to happen to them. This is what I want God to happen to them. But it's in your hands. Because you rescue me unharmed from battle waged against me. Even though many oppose me, God who is enthroned on old, who does not change, he will hear them. He will humble them. Because they have no fear of God. See, we have to let God, he expresses his confidence in God. And I think, I don't know, for me, maybe for many of us, that's what we tend to leave out, the confidence in God. I'm really good at getting real with God. I do it almost on a daily basis. Let him know how I feel about many situations going on in the world around me. Most of the time, I can let go and feel like, okay, God, this is yours, you got it. But do I trust him? Do I have that confidence that he's really going to take care of it? Anyone else? I slip back weeks, months later, wanting to take control of the situation myself because God hasn't done it. So where's my faith? See, we need to pray our confidence in God to let God deal with the situation in his time and in his way. I don't like that as an eight on the Enneagram. I want it now. I want justice now. Not 10 years from now, not five minutes from now. It's hard, but we have to move to accepting the situation and that God has it under control, trying to move on. David continues, my companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. His talk is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. See, David gets real one more time, right? As he's in that journey and that wiggly line, Shows anger and hostility, still bargaining a bit with God to take care of the situation as he works to let go and let God. I think it gives me encouragement that even when we've given God and we have that confidence in God, occasionally there's things that move us back to remind God, hey, this is why we're in this place, remember? As if God doesn't know. (laughs) Finally, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. But you, God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of decay. The bloodthirsty and deceitful will not live out half their days. But as for me, I trust in you. See, as we move out of that sticky, confusing place and truly let God deal with it, we accept. We accept this was part of our journey, even if we don't like it. And by doing that, we encourage others along our journey to trust in God in all situations. His sovereignty is hard at times, but he will deal with things in his time and in his ways. And while we don't see it in these Psalms, we know that David asked for forgiveness, right? Many times, many times in his life for the various sins that he did. And as Christ's followers, we are called to extend that same grace and forgiveness to others that we receive from God. As we acknowledge each one of us are broken and we're dealing with other broken people, we realize we will inevitably hurt each other. Many of you in here, I've hurt at some point in time. 
Just ask my kids, ask my wife, right? I can be a jack wagon at times. But forgiveness is not easy, but it is required. Again, forgiveness isn't easy, but it is required. That is what God asks us as we prayed earlier and we pray nearly every week. Forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. Now, I want to, this is a whole other sermon on itself, but forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is really between us and God, not us and the betrayer, right? Is us letting go and saying, God, you got this in your time and in your, in, in your ways, you're going to take care of this. I'm letting go of it, even though that's hard. Reconciliation, on the other hand, only happens when the person who betrayed us seeks forgiveness and starts moving and we see changes in their life and tries to take steps to us. See, we, if we forgive somebody until they've moved to that place to seek forgiveness, we don't have to let them back in our lives. We can wish them well, leave it over to God, but we don't have to have them in our lives. So how did some of those stories I started with end up? Two of the three have moved to reconciliation. One moved to forgiveness, but we're still not in reconciliation. It's hard. And I still slip back time to time in that. So as the worship team comes back up, if I, uh, I, think, it's, I think it's slide five, Preston, if I could have it. So as you, as you go back, Today, maybe this afternoon with your family, maybe this week as you're driving somewhere. Can you maybe think about these questions? Are you getting real with God? Who's betrayed you? Who have you betrayed? Have you been completely honest with God about your feelings related to those situations? If not, can you get real with God? Are you holding on to anger and bitterness or resentment, still angry at someone, drinking that poison, thinking they're going to die because they don't care, they've moved on? Are you seeking revenge or reconciliation? Are you letting go of that situation? Are you willing to trust God to deal with your betrayer in his time and in his ways? Are you willing to obey God's command to forgive those who have hurt you? Are you letting God deal with the situation? Those are the things I've been pondering and still am. I'll leave with you to ponder those as well.